Welcome back to Simple Joyful Home, a Come Follow Me podcast with Emily and Alicia. Week after week, they'll draw inspiration from the reading, leaving you with simple and useful tools to strengthen your confidence, your spirit, and your family. Together, you'll transform the study of religion into a real relationship with Christ. Powerful tools and superstar listeners like you means everyone can have a simple, joyful home. Take it away, ladies. Welcome. Hey, this is Emily. This is Alicia. And this week we are going to talk about Doctrine and Covenants sections 30 through 36. At least that was the reading. We found our application or what we're going to talk about today in the first three or four verses of section 30. And it is awesome. We can't wait for you guys to join us. And we are just going to jump right in. Yep. So this section, Doctrine and Covenants section 30, it's a combination of a couple of different um, revelations given to different people. But the one we want to focus on is the one given to David Whitmer. And I just want to read you these like three or four verses. Three, four. And while she gets those ready, one of the things that Stephen Harper writes about this section is that revelation often flows to reward a righteous desire. And I want us to keep that in our minds as we think about David Whitmer, because we're going to read about a chastening that he received, but he received it because he had a righteous desire. That is the foundation upon which he received this moment in time. So this is a revelation given to David through Joseph Smith. Behold, I say unto you, David, that you have feared man and have not relied on me for strength as you ought. But your mind has been on things of the earth more than on the things of me, your maker, and the ministry whereunto you have been called, and you have not given heed unto my spirit and to those who were set over you, but have been persuaded by those whom whom I have not commanded. Wherefore, ye are left to inquire for yourself at my hand and ponder upon the things which you have received." And your home shall be with your father's house, or your home shall be at your father's house until I give unto you further commandments, and ye shall attend to the ministry in the church and before the world and in the regions round about. Amen. Just this short little revelation given to him, but also had tons of meaning, lots of learning, and I think we all can learn from David Wimmer, and that's what we want to talk about, what he learned and how we can apply this. And one of the things I loved is after we read this, Emily started talking about her feelings about these scriptures, and I'm hoping she'll share them with us real quick. I think I just really related with him a little bit because first he was saying, he's being told, you know, hey, you're not focusing on me or you're not focusing on what you should be. You're putting it somewhere else and you're kind of avoiding almost doing it. And and so when he says to him, you are left to inquire for yourself at my hand and ponder upon the things which you have received... I've been doing this a lot lately of trying to take more time to sit and think. And sometimes it is very uncomfortable. Sometimes I don't want to think. And so a lot of times I do things to avoid that. (laughs) And I feel like he's been very direct, David, saying, I need you to ponder on this because that is how you're going to be able to move forward and to change and and kind of come back to me and come back on what your priorities are. We need to do this often in our lives. And I have found that it that sometimes we need to sit in the uncomfortable. And I loved that phrase, that line right there. Yeah. She's like, sometimes we just need to sit in the uncomfortable. And I went, 
okay then. <laughs> right? Because it, it is. It's uncomfortable. Sometimes you don't mm. like the thoughts that you come across or the feelings that you're feeling. Sometimes they're a little harsh. Sometimes they're not fun. But they also provide a lot of growing opportunities. But I don't think we're all very used to doing this. So I was like, what do you, how do you sit in the uncomfortable? And then what do you do when you're in there? And yeah. I'm in that learning process, I feel like, and I'm, I'm trying to get better. And it has actually benefited me oodles. So I love that you use noodles. I, <laughs> I like using <laughs> I love it. Um, one of the things I loved about these scriptures as I was studying further is that David Whitmer, often when we hear like your mind has been on things of the earth more than things of me, it's almost like he's being too worldly or too, um, I don't know, not humble enough or all the things like, that we oh, kind of associate you're with. You're one of those. Yeah, right. <laughs> and we do this to ourselves too, right? Yeah. We think, oh, if I'm uncomfortable, I must be, I must be sinning or I must be bad. And that is not what God is saying here. And I love this because in the Making Sense of the Doctrine and Covenants, Stephen Harper says this, and I loved this. He says, God nearly always uses the word earth more positively, as he does in DNC chapter or section 30, verse 2. The world or worldliness is bad. We often think of that as bad. He said, The earth is good. So, what is the problem? Why is David Whitmer in trouble? Yeah. <laughs> you know, or uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> and and he says the problem is that David's priorities. His priorities are the problem. And he goes on to say, he is a farmer. It's harvest time. He is preoccupied with soil and crops instead of their maker. I love this line because all of a sudden, instead of thinking that David Wetmore's bad or instead of thinking that I'm bad when I'm uncomfortable because things aren't aligning, I think I'm worried about all the things instead of their maker, the one who takes care of them in all things, as long as I can support him in that. That helped me kind of understand these scriptures better. And he said, David is looking down rather than up. His earthly cares have led him to neglect his commission to harvest souls. And isn't that a commission we all have? That just helped me find a place to really anchor in on setting my priorities. You guys, this is like classic for me. I'm like, okay, what am I going to do for school for next year? I mean, because I have to decide every year because I've homeschooled so far. And every year I'm like, maybe I'll put him back in this year. And I'm like, God, what do you think about that? You know, and then we have this little discussion back and forth for like, I don't know, six months because I start that much before. And because I want the best for him, you know, and I, and I, and I want him to have the best education and all of the things. And then I'm like, oh, I really need a menu plan because then we actually don't eat grilled cheese every night. I spend all of this time and literally to-do lists that are like a mile long, but the top of my to-do list, I'm often having to tell myself, Alicia, you need to put scripture study back on the top of your list. Like you yeah. keep focusing on balancing the budget and where are you going to put the kids in school and all of these things. And you are missing the one thing I care about. Like I'll help you in all those things, but could you please, yeah, please put me back at the top of the list because this is the thing I care about the most. This is the thing they need the most. If they don't have this, it doesn't matter where you put them in school. <laughs> like, like, you know, is, yeah, I have a lot, my all list long too. And I usually sacrifice the things that I know would actually make me feel better, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, those yeah. things that connect your soul. 
and, and can, it grounds you yeah. back to Christ and it reminds you how he has a hand in your life. Yeah. And it's very easy to do. So we're right here with David. It's true. We are I mean, often that in that uncomfortable, like, Oh, they I literally really should say, I say unto you, Emily, <laughs> that you have feared man. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, like yes. this very much could bend me. And he very much says, and you are left to inquire of yourself at my hand because I'm trying to teach you this. So here are the things, you know, Hey, you've been, you've been focused. Your priorities are a little off. Now I want you to sit and I want you to think about it because this is where the change happens. I can give you all the answers, but until you come up with them on your own, it's way easier to apply them than if he were to just say straight up, Mm -hmm. you know, he doesn't just leave us to think about all the things we've done wrong. No, right. I love this line where he says, ponder on the things which you have received. I have given you things, ponder on what you have received. So in my life, I'm, it's helping me to not beat myself up. And instead think, what have I received that I need to be pondering on, that I need to gather in and then reprioritize? Yeah, because if we're feeling uncomfortable, that usually means we need a little moment to think about our priorities. And it's not a negative. It's like we were talking like, it's not about David's self-worth. It's not about our self-worth. It's just about where we've given heed. And that just needs to be re, re uh, configured. Anyway. It's true. As we thought about this, one of the things that we started talking about was when when you get uncomfortable with something, like you start to have a conversation with someone and you're like, oh, this isn't going where I thought it was going to go. I'm getting super uncomfortable. And then you start to do usually one of three things. You either start to f- like fight back. Like you're like, that is not what I said. Yeah. You're like defending yourself, right? Yes. <laughs> you just instantly you build up that, that like response, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. that fight response, right? Um, and it's that fight, flight, or freeze. And then, so the second one is you freeze. You, they're just talking and talking and talking at you, or you're feeling uncomfortable because you've realized something that you've done that you're like, oh, that is not working. And I, oh yeah, you just shut you down. Just, you just shut down. Avoid. Completely freeze. That's, that's what I really want. <laughs> yeah. Or you fly. You fly away like a little bird. Like how fast can I fly away from this situation? And then yes. you just my own isolate. Thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And it, this is true of people in the scriptures as well. This is not new. This is not, this is how we were built. It's, it saves us in some ways and in some ways it causes us some some struggle. So we were thinking of scripture stories that illustrated some of these. Yeah. This fight, flight, or freeze. So in this fight, flight, or freeze, we have, we thought of three scripture or I guess prophets that gave an example of how they first reaction acted. And the fight one, we thought of Alma the younger, Mm -hmm. how much he, you know, growing up was taught something. He's felt really uncomfortable with maybe choices and he just kept fighting. And not only that, but he like kept fighting against the church and it was an active fight against, against the uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and luckily an angel came and all went better, Right, but you know, that was his kind of reaction. And then the flight. Oh, we love the flight of Jonah. Like you guys know the story of Jonah and the whale. I mean, he gets a command. The Lord says, I'm going to need you to do this. He's super uncomfortable. He's like, um, I don't really think I want to go hang out with those people. And he's like, why would I do this? Why would I go teach them? That makes no sense to me. No, no, don't want to do it. And then what does he do? He 
he flies away. He's like a little bird. He's like, I'm out of here. I'm going to try and get as far away from this as I possibly can. And then God helps him take time to ponder. Yeah. Right. And yeah. we saw the same thing with Alma the Younger. Alma the Younger is given time to ponder yeah, when the is. angel comes and he is in a state for what was it? Three days. Yeah. Where he a has a lot of time to ponder. Yeah. And same thing with Jonah. He flies. He His response is to flight or fly away, get away from it. And he is given time to ponder you in see. the belly of a whale. Yeah. I mean, that's, and I'm then glad we think I don't of have the to time. ponder that way. It's true, right? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Me too. I'm getting in there. Me too. But then we think of the example of freezing. Yeah. And this one, I got thinking, one for freeze, we were thinking of Peter and the time when he saw Christ coming along the water, walking on the water. And so he leapt out of the boat and started walking on the water to greet him. And as he walked around the water, he noticed what he probably what he was doing and realizing what was happening. And he got and super uncomfortable. <laughs> felt a little uncomfortable or a little doubt and froze. And then he sunk, right? And then the Lord was able to pull him up and and a lot learned from that. Not only the faith of him, but also, you know, we are like that a lot. And I love that when they get back to the boat, what does Peter have time to do? But ponder. The Lord does something very similar with him that he does with David here. Yeah. He says, he starts asking him questions and then giving him time to really think about it. Yeah. So these are all great examples of, you know, we may be in uncomfortable what our response is, but to remember to work towards sitting in that uncomfortable place and just pondering. Not being, yeah, yeah, not being afraid of maybe those thoughts or feelings that may come. And kind of almost embracing them and saying, okay, you know, these, this is it. I'm, I'm willing to change. I want to, because I don't want to live where I was. I know I need, I know I need more and I'm avoiding it right now. I listen to Mel Robbins sometimes. I love her, her five second rule. If you've heard it and, and she basically tells you to count backwards, five, four, three, two, one, when you're afraid of something or you need to do something and it takes you out of your emotional brain, that, that brain that is responding to fear, that fight, that flight, that freeze, that it's the brain that gives those responses. It takes you out of that brain and puts you back into your thinking brain. And your thinking brain is where you can ponder. It's where you can productively ponder on what you have received from the Lord and move from there. So if you have to do that, when you're feeling uncomfortable with, you know, something the Lord is asking you to do, like Jonah, where he's asking him to do what seems impossible to him. And or with Peter, same thing. Like all of these men were asked to do something that seemed impossible to move from a place they were to the place where God needed them to be. We can take a moment to get ourselves out of that, that reaction state and get to a place where we can really ponder with the Lord, really spend time with him. And if you have to five, four, three, one, two to do it, go ahead. Yeah. Two, one, you know, the numbers <laughs> and then do it. But maybe it's something different for you. Maybe when you feel uncomfortable, you sing um, like my song that I sing when I'm feeling that uncomfortable or when I'm feeling the that response rise up in me where I want to run away with, from something or my song is, like, ere you left the, your room this morning, did you think to pray? Yeah. That child's prayer song where it just reminds me that he answers every prayer and he's right here with me. And I, I mean, that's a primary song I learned decades ago 
that still will pop into my mind to take me out of reacting and back to really sitting in the uncomfortable so that I can be with the Lord so that I can figure out what I am receiving so I can move to that next place. I I agree with everything because I, I think that the, we, a lot of times avoid uncomfortable. And I remember you saying this, Alicia, that, you know, uncomfortable feelings are a gift Yeah, because they lead to good change if we let them. But if we keep avoiding them and we keep being busy or for me, like distracting my mind with something else, then just looking at, okay, okay, I'm uncomfortable. And then saying to myself, this is an opportunity for me to change in the better. Mm-hmm. And it sometimes is a process, like months of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just have to change one thing and it's taking me forever. Anyway, you know, you just start mm-hmm. small and, and it, but it does, it opens up an opportunity for reprioritizing in a way that changes you to the person you want to be because you're uncomfortable because you don't like it. Yeah. You don't like whatever is happening and there's a way you can overcome that. And it's I just it. not avoiding it. So you may be wondering, well, what does that really look like? What does sitting in the uncomfortable really look like? And I'll just give you like one example of what I've done that I think helped me sit in the uncomfortable and find a solution with it. So um, I'd been ha- like, I'd kind of filled my life with lots of little tasks and little things and fitting in things for other people. And I realized that I was starting to sacrifice um, like my good habits of like just in morning time. It was just from like nine until noon where I used to do da 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 da. And it kept my day flowing. It kept me feeling like I was being a good mom because it led to good things, but those things I started sacrificing. And so I started feeling really frustrated. I started having just feelings of like, I'm not being who I want. And then it led me to being not the person that I wanted to be. And I knew I could do better. And I was just really frustrated, but I started, I just kept avoiding me like, it's okay. I'm doing good things. I don't know. I can fit this in, fit this in. Anyway, it just wasn't working. So finally I just sat one morning And I'm like, you know what? I feel really frustrated. I feel like I'm not being a good mom. I feel like I'm not getting this done and this done and this done. And I'm, I don't even like the things I used to do that I did like to do. And because I started admitting all of these things and it was uncomfortable, I didn't like feeling that way. And I didn't like admitting it either, but I got through that to where then I could be like, okay, so what do I need to do to feel better? What do I need to reprioritize? And I knew those things that had set up habits, you know, years ago, they worked because they helped me feel good. And I needed that back. So I had to look at what I needed to, to reprioritize. And it took some effort. I had to cut some things out. I didn't want to cut out, but because of that, things started falling back into place. I started feeling a lot better and moving forward, but it took that uncomfortable time of sitting to realize I didn't like the person I was being. And how can I get to the person I want to be? God in that, like, what is he seeing me? Like, who is the person he wants me to be and the person I want to be? And how can I meet that? I don't know, maybe it'll help you understand what it means to sit in the uncomfortable. And I love this quote by Matthew Holland from the previous conference, um, from last October's conference, where he says, you must resist the related lie that your sufferings or your uncomfortableness it somehow suggests that you stand outside the circle of God's chosen ones who seem to glide from one blessed state to another. You see, the very nature of God and aim of our earthly existence is happiness, but we cannot become perfect beings of divine joy 
without experiences that test us, sometimes to our very core. Paul says, even the Savior himself was made eternally perfect or complete through suffering or through that uncomfortableness. Guard against the satanic whispering that if you were a better person, you would avoid such trials. Just a reminder that this uncomfortableness, this uncomfortableness that David Whitmer was feeling, that we feel in our lives when we feel that that distance between where we are and where we want to be, that is a gift. It is a gift. And it is a gift that will bring us closer to him. Well, because that state of happiness and that state of joy comes because someone was willing to change and to adapt and to be humble and to let God help him or her to achieve it. It's so true. And I love this final part, this final quote in his testimony where he says, under his direction, under God's direction, your divine destiny will be one of unparalleled magnificence and indescribable joy, a joy so intense and so unique to you. And I love, I love that. I love that quote because it reminds us that we really are capable through this uncomfortableness to become yeah, like something so amazing. And you know, part of that is because you did the work. Yeah. You were able to go there and do it. Yeah. And that gives a lot of self-reflective, like, yes, I did this and I can do it again. Yep. And I do feel so much better. And it's this teamwork that this, this mm-hmm. partnership that you have with God. How appropriate that we're having this lesson about pondering, about sitting in the things that we have received and taking a moment as learned by David Whitmer to reprioritize, put the things that matter most first right after conference. Yeah, you're right. And that seems so cool. He is in all the details. He's in the details of come follow me. He's in the details of our homes. He's in the detail of our parenting, of our relationships with siblings, of friends in the community. He is in the details if we will receive him in the details. And I love, I love the application that we're taking away this week, especially right after conference. So grateful for David's example and what we can learn from him. And so look for maybe that moment where you can sit in maybe a little uncomfortable place so that you can find direction and courage. We will see you guys next week. All right. Bye. Thank you guys for being here today. We're so glad that we got to spend some time with you. Yes. And we are all about application here and, and what we can take away and little things we can do to apply in our lives. So one thing that we wanted to ask you guys or learn from you is what are ways you are finding application in your come follow me lessons and, and things that you are learning about. And we'd love to hear what you're doing and gives us ideas too to work from. We, yeah, (laughs) what Emily said. (laughs) And so we can't wait to hear from you. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Have a great week. Bye. Yeah, this fight, flight, or flee. Freeze. Flight and flee are the same. (laughs) (laughs) Fight, flight, or freeze. You have to start that part over because I just talked over you. (laughs) Feared man and have not rallied on me. Rallied, relied. I think I said that last time. It's okay. I'll, you can I'll, do one it. One more time. You and then it. I'm cut. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's random things going through my head when you say that, but I cannot say here. Okay, go ahead. <laughs>